goes. Uh, it's all floppy now. My microphone is so floppy. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative of the Town podcast brought to you by us over at A2ZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. It's always the husband, Jack. Every fucking time. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who drinks G&Ts in a highball glass. It's Mark. Hey, guys. For those of you unfamiliar with our Crackerjack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. Uh, this week, we watched 2015's The Canal, maybe 2014's The Canal, which was a jack pick and, frankly, involved some false advertising on my part. But we'll get into that when we do here in a little bit. Um, and when we get all the way into it, we're going to spoil the nonsense out of it. So fair warning on that. And this is one where spoilers matter a lot, I think, kind of. Eh. So, you know, um, stay tuned for that. For those of you that are familiar with our Smooth Crackerjack operation, we ask that you take a minute to like, rate, and review the podcast on whatever app you're using to listen to it on. It may not seem like much, but believe it or not, it actually really, really does help, especially the reviews. But for now, we better do the getting drunk part. So let's score. Let's do beers for Fears and Jake. Yeah. We're three for three now on me picking the beers for these fears for the two of us. Like three in a row. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant three for three on them being good. Oh, well, I also that. To disagree. I mean, also that. You're gonna have to explain this one then. What are you drinking? Do that. I'm drinking Fresh Haze IPA, which is a Deschutes beer. Yeah, mm. and based on the logo, it looks to be just a, a more extreme version of the Fresh Squeezed logo. So I'm guessing this is a hazy version of their Fresh Squeezed IPA. Well, the haze in the name is dead giveaway. Uh, well, I mean the hazy part, sure, but I just didn't know if it's related to their Fresh Squeezed. I think they like that logo. Yes. Yeah. Um, in Branding. any case. This movie is about a gentleman who undergoes several hazes, um, some of which they become fresh. They become new. He undergoes a series of different headspaces from my wife has been missing to my wife has been murdered to I might have killed my wife to there's supernatural shit afoot to. So you're saying that these are different hazes. They're all fresh hazes. Additionally, if this is a uh, uh, squeezed fresh squeezed ipa the i forgot what the other one was called god there's a scene in this movie in which a thing is squeezed out of another thing and it's one of the most more unpleasant things i've ever witnessed (laughs) a thing is squeezed out of another thing i mean do you want to describe it a different way no spoilers things get squeezed out of things in this movie it's horrible i hate it (laughs) So it's good on a few different levels. We may not get there, actually. <laughs> uh, well, Jack, uh, you're pretty close. It, w- it was a good, valiant effort. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think it was a fresh haze that he was in. I think it was a clear daze that he was in. He- these are <laughs> oh, dazes, God. not hazes. <laughs> wow. I'd say I- they're more hazes than dazes, though, frankly. He doesn't feel confused throughout them. <laughs> I'm drinking Clear Days Juicy IPA by Uinta. For the same reason? For the exact yeah. same reasons. So, uh, yeah, See, we nailed Jake, it. Great minds. We, we did perfectly. Jake loses. I wonder what... I lose? What? <laughs> yeah. I brought side beers. He's you drinking miss beer, 100% so of the shots I you don't take. I side beers. I couldn't. I couldn't. Do you want to try to rope any of your side beers in? Uh, there's one called My Love is Waiting, and that's kind of like sort of what the cell is at the end of the movie. Yikes, a Rooney. Okay. Yeah. It's something. Yeah. It's something. That's a white chocolate... That's oh, God, that's beer. that one. It's a white chocolate the lager. Woodland Empire white chocolate lager? Yeah. I'm excited to try that one. I will give you that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, not a, I don't think it's going to be great, but I am excited to try it. I like white chocolate and I like lagers, but I don't like white chocolate lagers. I'm but you do like Woodland Empire. That. The I art like on this can is... The, I love the art. This thing, I love the art. There's a new mural in Woodland that is this. The art is amazing. Yep. Yeah. For all our Boise listeners. In any case, drinking beer isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. And boys, it's actually been close to a week this time. Has it really? So that's something. Close to. Holy shit, it feels... Mm, I know, it feels like it's been, been five days. It's been almost a week. That's weird. Almost a week. We're back on track. Um, So, we gotta talk about what else has been rocking our horror worlds. And I'll tell you what, I want to go last. Okay. Why? Because you have so little? No, I have three things to talk oh, about. Oh, thank God. Can I go first? Yeah, I want you to go first. I He's got nothing. Wa- Mm, no, Mark. Oh, I have damn. so many things. I would have loved it if you guys flip-flopped. Uh, I actually <laughs> haven't watched a horror movie this week, so that is why I'm going first. All right. In these five days. Uh, so what did you cram in there to fill this segment? Yeah, I've had to go more bite-sized with it, so I went to Shudder because I typically find that there's some sort of content that I cannot have to watch in one sitting. Uh, a few weeks ago, I mentioned I watched Horror Noir, and that was a, that's a documentary. It's a one-sitting sort of thing, but I did it in two, and I didn't feel any worse because of it like i still was able to jump right back in and be fine there is a show on there now that is not a surprise to anyone in the horror world but it's on shutter now and it's eli roth's history of horror yeah so it's like that the core belongs on shutter yeah it does and it's pretty good so i started watching that and found myself kind of binging it over the weekend so i ended up watching like a collective five hours of shit but it's something <laughs> you can have on in the background and it's your typical fare it's like here's an episode about zombies here's an episode about you know vampires blah 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 and there's a bunch of people that are interviewed it does the historical this these are the beginnings and the roots this is how it has impacted society and what it's drawn and what it's tried to articulate via the fears of an era all the way through to present day okay it's very basic but basic works um i still really like the core the core was great the core is great is it still great? okay mark thank you that's, honestly, that's the best compliment you've given me in, like, a while. <laughs> You're welcome. I would recommend this. I I think that if you haven't seen I mean, it's Eli Roth hosting a horror show, whatever. Yeah. Belongs on Shudder. And it's how's the- how's Eli Roth as a host? I really only he's fine. He's as- a little bit stale. That's why I like that's again why I like the core a little bit more. Like Mickey Keating's kind of a funny, weird dude, and they don't take themselves too seriously. This treats this treats itself more seriously. Like this is trying to be like the. Yeah. The one-stop shop for your information of what horror history entails. I and haven't seen the Eli Roth show, but stuffy. I, I've read a little bit about it, and I get the feeling that it's clear he made it with a desire to make a TV show about the history of horror and like yeah. have a structured like that. Whereas Keating just seemed like, I love this shit, I want to talk about it, well, and be and that's my weird why, self. Yeah, and yeah. that's why you have the different segments in the Keating show that's like kind of tool timey, like they bring in the effects guy and they do the, an effects vomit thing. More power! Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, it's cool. I like that. Yeah. All and right. Keating show gets more out there. These are all pretty, like, this episode, like I said. Give it time to grow, though. About, Give it time to grow. I'm unaware of them doing more than what's already been done. Oh. So. Shit. Yeah. I think it's try. It's very encyclopedic, is what it's trying to be. It's okay. like, these are the main beats. We hit them. We try to hit them very deep and very well, and we're out. Yeah. Whatever. All That's right. what I did. Good work, I guess. Mark, what do you got? Good fuck. <laughs> Uh, I watched three different things. Um, I'm going to rifle through the first one because it is, it's kind of horror adjacent, but I think we covered this back when it came out on HRR, so I just wanted to close the loop. I saw Happy Time Murders. I'm pretty sure we had this in like a horror-ish thing. Puppets? This is the, it's animated, right? This is the puppet-themed, Muppet-themed. Not animated. No. Live action and puppets. 
Yeah, exactly. It's just okay. puppets and it's a murder mystery. Melissa McCarthy? Uh, Melissa McCarthy, Maya Rudolph's in it, uh, Elizabeth Banks. Stanley Hud, the guy who plays Stanley Hudson, whose name I don't know, but the guy from The Office is it's in it. Probably starts with Stanley. All the minor characters in that show are named after the actor's first name. It's actually he's one of the exceptions. I want to say his name is actually Leslie, but I don't know if that's right. It's like okay. Leslie David Baker or something like that. I I am so far <laughs> off. Speculating I'll, at actors' names. Oh look, <laughs> yeah, let's just name wildly. Him. I'm sure I'm close. Um, and Joel McHale's in it. It's got. A, I mean, it's got a pretty stellar cast. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you my impression of this movie. This was either going to be one of my favorite movies, or it was going to be unwatchable dreg. Uh, well, I don't know if it... I guess it might have been your favorite movie, but I thought I, I thought it was it. kind of right down the middle. What it is, is it's a mediocre cop movie with a bunch of raunchy puppet humor in it. There's nothing particularly special about it, but the, the puppet humor actually is kind of pretty funny at certain points. And, uh, yeah. The actual, like, core plot of it the just the murder mystery thing i mean it's 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 so it's mediocre sure i'm delighted by puppets i'll tell you that much and i mean i'm delighted by melissa mccarthy so yeah we might have a good time watching this all right how'd you watch it uh this was a dvd in the mail old man there you go yep yep uh i'm gonna jump to the next one that i got on amazon prime this is one that another one that we covered on hr that i thought looked interesting and i wanted to make sure that i circle back on it this is available to you if you want to if you have prime and you want to watch it uh the night eats the world this is that zombie movie in oh yeah okay i wanted to see this yeah and the uh, zombie guy of course you did fuck you (laughs) jake you are the zombie guy fuck you do you have a take on the zombie deer that have been plaguing america i want that to be a movie and then I won't watch it, and I'll be like, <laughs> I'm sure ha! it will be. Give you it almost six certainly months. will watch it. No, I won't. I won't, though. Um, so, first off, I thought this movie was in French. It is not in French. It is in English. That's nice. Um, second off, I don't think it matters what language it's in, because there's, like, five lines of dialogue in the whole thing. Ooh, is it, it's so, pulling to Jeremiah Johnson. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Okay. Is there a reason why it's in English? Is, 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 the, the, because the guy is an American or cool. British? I don't know. Well, the, the character in it oh, is like in Paris from abroad. Did you watch this movie? You don't know. I can't remember what it, what he doesn't speak. He, he doesn't speak. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's the thing. He has he doesn't have that many lines. Let me ask you this: At any point, does anyone ask him how his wife that died was a few years ago? And he says, "Twarn't no trouble." No, you're thinking of Jeremiah Johnson again. Most of the time, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? Come to think of it, he's Norwegian. Jesus, but he does speak. Christ. He Fuck. whatever. He speaks English. <laughs> <laughs> with a British accent. <laughs> and he's Norwegian. Okay, I'm questioning all of this. Uh, okay, so it might be in French. I think it is. <laughs> to to put a bow on this one, this is a remarkably well put together and polished zombie movie. Um, I think it struggles in that I'm not sure it really has much to add to the genre. I mean, there are so many fucking zombie movies out there right now. Yeah, this nothing is, has This is to one we've kind of all seen before. Um, if you haven't seen any very many zombie movies you know jump into this one because it's gonna blow your mind because it, it executes very well on all of the like basic tenets of the zombie movie i like that that's is cool. this what to jump into though like zombie movies of the last x number of years you you would go here yeah why not if you're unfamiliar with the tropes why? and they're done well here because there are a lot of fucking zombie movies to the point that he just made i i feel right, like but what i'm saying is like this better. one this one doesn't introduce all that much that's new, aside from just the general lack of dialogue. I think that's an interesting little choice they made. Sure. But, um, it doesn't, but it is just it just remarkably right. polished. Yeah, I like that. 
Okay, that's fine. I feel like you're kind of like trying to coyly bait me, bait me into doing something that if I were the zombie guy, I would do and try to argue with this. Uh-huh. So I'm not going to do uh-huh. it because I'm not the get zombie there, guy. Jake, get there. I'm not going to get there. <laughs> fine. Go into this one. I don't know. I haven't seen any other zombie movies, so that's fine. Ever. <laughs> well, if, you, if, you're on, if you're being honest and you haven't ever seen another zombie movie, maybe start with this one. Okay, great. Yep. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's on Amazon Prime. I actually would recommend it. I, it's a it's a solid movie. It's it, in a weird way, it is it's boring because like the whole point of the movie is that he's trapped. He's just in this apartment building, and that's the whole story. Uh, and in its own way, like that's basically the struggle. Like the zombies really don't even factor in. It's just like him dealing with isolation and loneliness. Hmm. Um. So it's not like it's gonna you know blow the doors off it's not gonna like you're not on the edge of your seat the whole time it's not uh, gonna knock your knickers off yeah if you need more of a meditative type movie i love meditative movies you're trying to bait me into this again I'm you should i mean it. you whatever you should watch it you're the, zombie, the guy. No, zombie, zombie guy you're, you're supposed to watch this you're gonna give me shit i can't watch it now <laughs> i can't okay so that one was uh a slightly slower paced meditation on zombie movies I, I, I'm going to go from there to something that had a pretty high entertainment factor. I'm going to give you a cast right now, okay? Let me let me paint you this picture. You got Anton Yelchin. You got Imogen Poots. You got Tony Collette. You got David Tennant. You got McLovin, Christopher Mintz-Plass. McLovin. <laughs> you got Colin Farrell. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. I watched Fright Night from yeah, 2011. You yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Um, not to be a downer, but uh, Anton Yeltsin's thirtieth birthday was Monday, the eleventh, which Whoa, was two days mark. ago. As we're recording Whoa. this, R.I.P. Poured out. Yeah, man. Um, pouring into my mouth. And I hadn't, I had never actually seen this one. And it's, I mean, that dude has a long list of a long list of horror movies. Sure. Uh, so I'm kind of trying to like work my way through them. Better, um, better than Green Room, though. Oh yeah, I mean Green Room's the top, but I, I mean, still, whatever. He's an entertaining guy to watch. Oh, Green yeah. Room's it's, high up for just. It doesn't horror. matter what like, list, in fairness. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I wanted to take a dive into this one. Vampires not particularly my bailiwick, but I did enjoy the way they did it in this one. I mean, it's goofy enough, but also like violent enough, and sort of Colin Farrell has this weird dark stalkery vibe to his character that I think you need more of in good vampire movies. So, uh, yeah. Hey, Mar- Mark, question. Yes. Have, you, have you seen the original Fright Night? No, I have not. Okay. You need to. You okay. should. It's really good. Yeah. It's sold. I'll, I'll be watching that relatively soon. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, other than that, so this, I mean, I just rented this. As, I don't know if it's available free to stream anywhere, but uh, I, I had a, I had a, quite a nice time with this movie. Oh, then maybe I'll watch. I, I held off because I liked the original. I was like, uh I there's I don't need this. The high point of the movie is there's a standoff early on between Anton Yelchin and um Colin Farrell. Okay. Did you say you watched this? Did I say I watched this? Did you say how? 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 Oh, 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 I rented it on Amazon. I did say that. Okay. I wasn't yeah. listening. Okay. I know. I that's, trust that that's, that's true. That's not surprising. <laughs> yeah, solid good vampire movie. It was entertaining. I recommend it. Jack. What are your All three things? All right. I got some good stuff this week, boys. Do you? The first one. You'll recall that several weeks ago we watched the film Nightbreed by Clive yeah. Barker. Yeah, correct. So you so watched read it the again. Book now. <clears throat> you watched it again. Uh, I, I purchased the book, 12 Bones for Paperback, on Amazon. Seems normal. I, it's also called 
a novella by Clive Barker yeah. is how it's marketed. Yeah. Typically, novella, 50,000 words is what they say the cutoff between like a novella and a novel is. So this is a novel. This is fucking 400 page monstrosity. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. And it's so goddamn dense. It reads like those really early magic the gathering novels from like 95 nope where it's clear like the, it's clear they just paid a bunch of sci-fi and fantasy writers to like now you get to write this magic book and it's licensed so all the backstory you've written for this world you've been trying to come up with no but their authors still use it for their story they're being paid to write for this licensed property like it's shove shit backstory it's kind of like reading the silmarillion like incomprehensibly boring shit shoved in there it's uh, Jake's looking at me. <laughs> I really. <laughs> oh boy, Jake, have you ever read the Silmarillion? Yes. It sucks. <laughs> no. <laughs> In any case, it doesn't suck. It's, I will say this: it's. I'm guessing the plot is going to be all every beat from the movie is going to be in this book is what I'm guessing. It's starting off with, I'm I'm I don't know a hundred pages in or something. Boone and Decker are both in it, and they're both the exact same characters and the exact same things are happening. Of course. It's a lot more interesting to see what's happening to Boone with a proper backstory and character motivations and some actual writing behind it other than just, here's a guy. Just tell me how the end goes, okay? I, I will tell you how the end goes. on a god's face. But I'm getting to a part that's, that's proving hard to get through. It's just like, and then this is happening off somewhere. This is how Midian works. It's, oh, God. Is this is this purely Clive Barker or is he is it him and a team of writers that are doing this like you were saying? As far as I can tell, this is just Clive Barker who wrote this book. Okay. What a savage. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one thing I've got going on. I'll keep checking back on this periodically because it's hard to get through. I liked Hellraiser a decent amount when I read it, but this is this is a rough one to to get through in a chunk. It's it's not poorly written, but it is densely written. So that's one. Movie, Mark. Yes. You recommended a movie to me during the Omnibus. I sure did. I recommended you two to you, actually. Well, at least one you recommended to me was the film Unsane. Yeah, I did. And I checked that out, which is still free on Amazon Prime. I don't know if that was a selling point of you recommending it to me, but it's free, free to watch, so thanks for that. Yeah. That's Appreciate David Soderbergh, that. right? I think. Is yeah. The uh, Steven Soderbergh? Steven Soderbergh. Carl yeah. Soderbergh? Nope. Steven. Still <laughs> pretty sure it's Steven. Jean-Claude Soderbergh. Who has a weird back history, but some great films in there. I think the biggest names in his history are the Oceans series. Yeah, Um, he's done a lot. But he's also got some art projects in there. Like, he's a big name, and he's a good director. And he shot this entirely on an iPhone 7. Is is this an ad for Apple? Why did he do this? There was a a brief period where, like, they... He's not the only one to do this. He was certainly the biggest name to do it. But there were there was randomly all of a sudden a bunch of movies that were shot on iPhones. Okay, well, after I watched this, I watched a bunch of interviews of that dumbass saying, you can't even tell, honestly. You can't even tell this was shot That's on an iPhone. Horse shit. Uh, spoiler alert, you can fucking tell this was shot on an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it, it does is, look like a home movie. It's very impressive it was shot on an iPhone, and he used a few different lenses, and that's cool. But... Holy shit, the color saturation is insane throughout this thing. You can definitely tell. I think that's ratcheted up, though, too. Maybe. Yeah, it is. It is. It looks like it was shot on an iPhone. Sure. I'm, I'm with Jack. You can you can buy it, but I mean, that's so, not really the, the point that. of the I don't movie. know that that takes away from the movie a huge amount, and actually, I thought I liked the movie overall. 
Um, I think that it adds to the kind of the paranoia. I think he wants you to feel for the main character. There's something about the iPhone-ness that makes it feel a little bit more personal when you're watching it. I, don't, I don't, can't quite put my finger on it, but it, uh, it, it, it feels a little bit more like you're, you're in there with her and a little, the paranoia is ratcheted up a little bit for me. Claire Foy is goddamn amazing in this movie and yep. might be the only reason it's fantastic. Uh, it's not fantastic. This is the only reason it's good, but she's fantastic in wow. it. Wow. Hot takes. Okay. This is one of one of the best acting performances I've seen in a while. She's great. What? Yeah. She's fucking fantastic. She's pretty good. And that whole sequence of her like getting shut down by the orderlies and the whole hospital staff is is pretty brutal, man. That she plays that so well and makes you so empathetic for her. It's crazy. Um that said, the movie plays it like it's a twist, and it just absolutely isn't a twist, and I didn't like that. Uh, um, so that's, I mean, yeah, it tries to play the, can you trust her or is she going insane thing right. with Josh Leonard's right. character, and but then, that doesn't work no, really. Not at all. And I, then thought, I, start, I thought it worked I don't think it matters. Well, I was kind of halfway through the point. I don't think it matters though. Yeah. No. Um, I, yeah. they try to play it that way. I, I do think they try to play it that way more than it ends up being, but I still think the payoff is fine. It still works. Yeah. yeah. It's just predictable. Ish. And then I dislike her a little bit when she straight condemns someone else to death who probably, who did try to kill her, granted, but probably didn't deserve it. Anyway, not here to spoil this movie. It's a good movie. I could, I could recommend it. Uh, check it out. Ignore the fact that it's shot on an iPhone. Fucking, it's, this. Well, you won't be able to ignore it. No. Just don't let that be the reason. Like, marketing gimmick. Don't, don't. Make that Honestly, a, a if you if you hadn't heard anything about that part of it and you went in and you watched this, you might be like, This they filmed this on something weird. But like you wouldn't whatever, you wouldn't know or you wouldn't even think like, I, oh, this was definitely filmed on an iPhone. One hundred percent filmed on a slightly older camera. Yeah, I would not be able to tell this was filmed on an iPhone. I might be like the color saturation is weird in this movie, but and sometimes yeah. the frame rate, but but for the most part, definitely not. So right. that's the other thing I got going on. It's pretty cool. Now the third one, boys. This is the big one I wanted to talk about. Uh-oh. We got some buddies in the horror podcasting world. Yeah. Uh, Nightmare Junkhead. They exist. They we exist. Like them. They They're good rad. Shit. Go listen to them. Yeah, go check. I mean, if you're listening to this, the, the <laughs> Venn diagram <laughs> of people that have listened to this show and not their show includes our significant others and yeah. no one else. Maybe my parents. Yeah, basically. <laughs> hey. And that'd be about hey. it. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> but you're selling it short by one or two people. So Lars. Yeah. Lars, go listen to Nightmare Junkhead. It's a cool show. Anyway, our buddies over there, uh, Greg D and Genius McGee. I can never remember the order uh, in which they say that, that but I think that's, that's the order. order. Yeah. They are doing their annual into the mouth of March Madness thing, which is a really cool thing. Yes. Jake, what am I talking about here? It's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, March is bracket season, and they pot movies against each other, pit movies against each other is the way you should say it, that come from a year ending in the whatever we're in. So this is a nine year. So what I'm guessing they're going to have is decades. They'll break it down into like regions by decades where they've ha- they have movies, they battle against each other, see who's going to win. It's great. Yeah, it's we a, were actually. Bracket. What do you want to know? We were actually on one of their years uh, we things, talking about a, a few different movies, which was pretty goddamn cool. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. The Sevens, I think we were on. Yeah, right? Sevens. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, we were on in 2017. So you can go back and listen to that. But I just recommend listening to their show in general. Jake, you've outed yourself as someone that hasn't been listening to them recently because they are through their 1979 bracket. Mm. 
Uh, about to move on to the 1999 bracket, I think. Then they've also or you asked 89. me a, you asked me to explain what it is. Yeah, yeah, okay, not Fair where enough. they are. Yeah, 79, 89, 99, and t- 2009, 2009 is what they're doing this year. 2009, 2009, it's 2009. Um, if this this. Look, this isn't going to spoil anything. You can still listen to it, but Alien came out in 1979. If you want a little Whoops. hint as to what won that whole bracket, I don't want to ruin it, but... You didn't ruin anything. If you want a little <laughs> hint as to what's going to win the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But uh, Blair Witch Project is in here, Mark. Alien's better than Blair Witch Project. We'd have that discussion. That's a discussion anyway, though. But I think uh, as of right now, what's still coming out, what they're going to be talking about next is uh, Dream Child versus Jason Takes Manhattan for the 89 bracket. Okay. So that's, I think, as this, uh, the timing's a little bit tough. That might already be out. If it's not that one, they'll be talking about Leviathan versus Deep Star 6. So either way, wow. some fun episodes coming out. Yeah. Uh, listener, the link to their show will be in the description, the show notes for this episode. So definitely go check them out. Listen to that whole thing. It's so much fun. They have on guests to talk about every fucking week, and it's a goddamn blast. So that's what else has been rocking my horror world. Because that's a ton of fucking fun. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. We got anything else? I guess this is, this is the part. I, this was my part. I got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> got to throw it back to yourself. I, I love, well, I, I love I, I was you waiting for Jake to, stride. I was waiting for Jake to say something, but he's just looking at his cell phone like a fucking millennial. I'm, I'm looking at my notes. I'm ready to have them all lathered up for this discussion we're going to have. Well, then we better get to the feature presentation. Yeah, man. Fuck, I'm lathered. Wouldn't want you to lose that lather. Over at AZHorror.com this week, we watched 2015's The Canal, which is an Irish horror flick. Maybe 20... Did I say 2014 or 2015? It's one year or the other. It doesn't matter. Very unclear. Somewhere around then's The Canal. 2014. Yeah. I picked this, and I think when I picked it, I might have called it a found footage joint. You did. Yeah. I thought that too. Yeah. I was very excited for this as a found footage. We haven't done a found footage movie in a while. It has been a little while. Now, in my defense, I had only heard about it, and I heard it was like a guy cobbling together sure. footage sure. from murders from there the early 1900s. There is footage in this movie. <laughs> this movie involves the topic of footage. <laughs> he finds is. footage. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to get into our award-winning segment yeah, yet. Yeah, okay. You're jumping the gun a little bit. We're going to have to add that in just a second. Um, oh, footage? But, I'm on it. I'll just add footage thank right now. You. I had only tangentially heard of this movie and it was only recently i saw it on a few lists i mean this isn't a well-known movie i don't think had either of you uh, guys heard of and or seen this before no heard? i had never heard anything about this heard of not seen uh i had heard that it's a movie that's worth watching and it flies under the radar so it's basically what you just said mm-hmm. and i continuously forget that until i hear about it again in similar context usually so yeah no, I, I enjoyed hearing you make the pick, and then we watched it, so we will say things about it. Yeah, we'll it. jump into what in the fuck subgenre of horror it fits exactly. into. We'll do that right after uh, you give a 30-second plot synopsis, I don't want Jack. to is the thing. I know you don't, and you will, though. Okay. Yeah, and it's going to start when you start. <laughs> right. That's the way it works. David is a film archivist, and then he has boring sex with his wife, and then he suspects his wife of cheating on him. It turns out she is with a client. He picks up a hammer like he's going to kill them both, but decides not to. Then he throws the hammer into the canal, the titular canal. Then he passes out in the grossest public restroom I've ever seen, and then he watches someone murder his wife, and then ghosts start to happen after his wife is dead, and then maybe it was him that murdered her. The police are chasing him for murdering his wife. There's more ghosts. He goes under the canal, drowns in the water while his son goes into the hands of the police, and then Time. his son kills himself. Well, yeah. 
You sure. got through most of it, but uh, <laughs> sure. I think that was Look. pretty confusing to the listeners. In, ter- in terms of saying things <laughs> until you, from start to finish until you're done, I and did doing that it in thirty seconds. You did do that. I yes. did, and I got through most of the plot. I covered the boring sex. I didn't cover the less boring sex she has with the the cheat. E nope, the cheetor. He's also not the. What is the what is the one not in a relationship of a cheating trifecta called cuckold? Incubus. Not the op- What's the opposite of a cuckold? I think it's still a cuckold. No, I think he's the cuckold. I think David is the cuckold. Oh. Um. I don't care. Okay. Savangelé. Sure, that. <laughs> I Weird. I didn't cover the Weird. less boring sex she has with him. I did miss that part. I'll grant you that. Oh yeah. I mean, whoops. You could have probably taken out the the repeating of the titular canal. Well, I got excited once I re- I didn't honestly occur to me that uh, it didn't occur to you that most of this movie occurred next to a canal. No, I just I wasn't planning on saying it, so it delighted me when I got there in my thirty second plot synopsis. Wow, good work! Wow, well, you did it. I did it. I mean, yeah, I didn't really miss any major aspects. You kind so. of glazed over the the whole psychosis that he goes through, the identity crisis. The uh... is it clear? I I kind of thought the movie made it clear that he's not crazy; that it actually is ghosts. It's it's on the Babadook line. I mean, I think I'm 100 percent in agreement with you that the ending is pretty clear that there is a malevolent ghost force in this house. No. I don't think he would have actively tried no. to convince his own child to kill himself. Well, also he's dead. Right. Yeah, dude. So there's at least ghosts of some variety are real. Well, okay, whatever. Fine. Sure. That's just a given, though. We all know that ghosts are real. <laughs> I hate you. And it's listeners, listeners, call in with your own ghost stories. <laughs> call in. Find Mark's cell phone number and call in. It's Klondike 5. Uh, you know what? We'll just put it in the description of the show. The, <laughs> yeah. the show notes below. Precisely. Yeah. Have I talked about how somebody at work asked me for my exchange? I was like, no. what are you from nineteen thirty eight? What the yeah. fuck are you yeah, talking what, about it, my exchange? I don't even I've never even heard that term before. That's what you would tell the uh the little lady who sits in the stair and moving the moving the three and a half millimeter jacks around? I don't know. I did respond. what I've heard is what's your exchange? And it always starts with Klondike five from old movies, and I don't know what either of those things mean. I think it's the first three digits of your number or the last four. Last four, maybe. I so, don't know. This is the point. I don't know. But my response was Klondike 5. And then I said, I'll give you my fucking phone number, you weirdo. <laughs> uh, you should have just given them your social security number. I think that's what they were asking for. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. A listener, that will also be in the show notes below. My phone number and, and Jack's social security number. Yeah. Couldn't hurt my credit. Could only help it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you feel like getting a, a loan out at about 20% interest rate, you can go ahead and use that number. Then tell me how you did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know what the next segment is. Jake's been looking I, at his phone again. It's the again. award-winning segment, Oh, Jack. okay. <laughs> I'm still I'm still lathering. It's fine. I Look, okay, so aside from being a movie that fits into the subgenre of footage, which we have now added, I'm sure, yep. Mark. Yep. Yep. This is a movie involving footage. Yep. It's on there. Thank you. Every movie is now that. <laughs> this movie contains footage. <laughs> what else is this? Uh, it is Ghost. And I think that's a little bit debatable. I think there's 
maybe for a while you don't know if it's ghost or psychosis, but I think it becomes clear at the end of the movie there's ghosts. I, you know, I think it's, I, I even if you didn't have the ending to this movie, I still feel like you could call this ghost. It hits a lot of the ghost movie beats with things that go bump in the night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, even if you're, even if it's left ambiguous as to like what actually is happening here, look, even if this is just a movie about a guy who's having a severe psychotic break, it's still a ghost movie. Hits many of those same tropes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I hate using this one, but I'm going to throw it out there. Psychological. Yeah, yeah man. It sure is. And along with that, adult fears. It sure is. Yeah. Both Getting cuckolded. Things. <laughs> a lot of adult fears in this one, man. Getting your son taken away from you? Living so near a canal? <laughs> yeah, fuck. Yeah, that's what we all aspire to not do. <laughs> fuck that. That's what I'm saying. Canal there could be alligators in canal there. Canal are deep. <laughs> canal are deep. Jesus Christ. Hey, public service announcement. Don't canal swim in canals. You'll die. <laughs> because they are deep. They Canal are deep. <laughs> Uh, should we just keep this moving on to what the movie does right? Uh, it's also foreign. Bam. Oh, yep, fair it enough. is Irish, yes. Yeah. Mark, you can do that. That's fine. You can move us along. Now. <laughs> yeah. Now, please. Get it now. <laughs> uh, the whole, like, narrative device of finding out that there was a grisly murder in your house via a film archive that is your job is an incredible, like... Super creepy thing to have happen to you. It is. Did you say the name of the segment you've moved on to? Yes. What the movie does right. Okay. He's been asking to do this for some time. I didn't know that he actually identified. What if we have a new listener, Jake? They are going to be confused way before this part. <laughs> then they probably would have figured out what we were doing because I started that sentence with, can we start what the movie does right? And then yeah. you guys said yes. Frankly, this is the most logical thing that's happened. I didn't hear episode. any of that. Yeah, well, typical. <laughs> oh, my God. Typical. I'm drinking this hazy IPA. It's probably pretty high in alcohol. What'd you think of this white chocolate lager? Uh, didn't care for it. Okay, I was gonna say it, you want some more. It tastes like a similar beer that Woodland Empire made like a year ago that I think was brewed with rose hips that was equally as sweet at the end. Like it's not a bad flavor, but then it's a nice round sweetness at the end, and I don't love it. I don't need that beer. And it tastes it, identical to one they made with rose hips <laughs> instead of white chocolate. And I I'm not a botanist, but I don't believe those two to be the same thing. Have you guys stopped taking your Ritalin? <laughs> asking semi-seriously is there, is there some drug that you should be taking and haven't taken any of or maybe shouldn't be taken and have taken a lot <laughs> yeah, of that's, that's basically <laughs> what i'm driving at right now because this is uh truly spectacular carbon monoxide okay mark what what, what was the thing you said it does right <laughs> oh <me>. my god <laughs> okay <laughs> the introduction of of this guy's this guy to his new house being the scene of multiple grizzly murders via a 1900s film archive is great. It's pretty cool. One, he wasn't, he's just like, I don't know what film archivists do, full disclosure, but he's just- I'm not sure this film knows what film archivists do. (laughs) He's just reviewing old footage, right, for something unrelated, and he's like, hey, that's my street. And then it happens to be his house, and it's like, uh, God, I have it in my notes, what the actual thing says on screen of, like, a crime- (laughs) <laughs> i actually would have preferred i would like to recut this movie with like a fake old timey silent movie of just like <laughs> suddenly crime and then there's this dude like twirling his mustache 
Yeah, I think in the weirdest font, and that's this is going to come up later, but like the font on this archival footage would not be what it was when it says a crime. But eh. <laughs> and then the entertainer starts playing. Yeah, some exactly. ragtime. Or the cantina music. I was thinking... That didn't exist then. That's anachronistic. <laughs> Jake, it was a long, long time ago. Of course it existed. <laughs> I mean, but it was a galaxy far, far away. It didn't make it. You didn't say here. it existed there. You said it existed then. It didn't exist here then. Time and space. Good. Get your time-space continuous straight. God, fuck. You ruined it. It wasn't, It's not just a guy. It's Rupert Evans. It is Rupert Evans. He's great. To talk about what else it does right, he's great, and the kid is great, and their relationship oh, the child is acting? fantastic. I woke up I and the monster. Love the child acting. His I love the interaction with his dad, and adorable. it made me cry. I got to say, I, I did not love the, the kid actor. You he never was fine. do. He was fine, he was but he you could good. tell most of the time it was just like, hey, hey, kid, say these things. That's fine. That's what kids do. I I know. I mean, it's like I said, it's fine, but it's not like it wasn't truly stellar. It Mark, wasn't you're really un- it wasn't fucking believable. all over this movie that made Jack cry, and I don't think yeah. he appreciates it. Every movie makes Jack cry. Oh, uh, it's been a while. How long? I think it's been since The Grudge. I don't even remember what part of The Grudge made me cry. Was it a Grudge or Juon? I don't know. We That's watched for them you right to next tell to each us. other, so. I don't remember. I can't keep track of all the movies I cry during. It's hard being a kid. It, oh, look, it's that's not the part. The part that made me cry was right towards the very end when he asks his grandma to go inside to get his dinosaur book and both his parents are dead. That made me cry. That's his grandma? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Sometimes Which is something I'm going to bring up in nitpicks because woof. Yeah, what a bitch. Yeah! <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Holy shit! <laughs> we already got there. <laughs> Can we just do nitpicks in the what the movie does right? <laughs> no, that's breaking uh, format too much for even us. Okay, I had I, tri- I did have child acting. I thought oh, and that's, that the, honestly surprises me. Uh, you honestly surprise me. It's dude. not just the child acting; it's Rupert Everett's interactions with the kid feel really, really cool. And and also the the babysitter's interaction with the kids. I like the character of the babysitter too. She's like to me a very believable amount of self preservative and also worried about the well being of the kid. Like, okay. I think that's a really, she's yeah. really well written, and her okay. interactions with the kid and with Rupert Evans are really believable and good. I, I agree with that. I think she might be the best performance in this movie. Okay. Yeah. Not to not to understate Rupert Evans' his performance, but he's a little bit more manic and schizophrenic, and frankly, it's all, always hard for me to kind of like weigh in on that, because it is like, fundamentally, it's not how humans behave. So I don't really have a good measuring stick as to like what I think should be believable. Right, all. exactly. And in either way you take it, it's not how humans behave. Like either he is actually losing his mind and has killed his wife unbeknownst to him and or, or is trying to cover it up. And that's a lunatic who you can't pin normal behaviors to or he's being legitimately haunted by ghosts and you can't like say how someone behave in that situation either because he's still going crazy and lying to the police so like yeah it's a harder one to relate to exactly uh i'm gonna i'm gonna pin on here that uh, the scene with sophie when she wakes up in her bed in the middle of the night i think is the best scene in this whole movie um sophie is the it's the babysitter. The babysitter. And then he, he, you mean the one where he wakes her up and drags her out of the room? She wakes up and then is attacked by some unseen force. Right, right, right. And then, like, she comes out from under the covers and he's there and she thinks he's attacking her and then he locks her in a closet or whatever. Right. The scene when she initially wakes up before the thing attacks her is 
excellent because <laughs> it channels perfectly. Like, we've all been in that exact spot where you wake up, it's the middle of the night, nothing is apparently wrong, but like in your brain, something is definitely wrong. There's something in the room with you or whatever. And the whole thing of her just kind of like looking around, nothing. It's all silent. Like, yeah, yeah. I thought it, I thought it channeled that feeling like perfectly. The attack it, itself sucked, but absolutely, I, I totally agree. And I want to build on that. With this has a lot of really cool scare scenes that. I don't know that it's the scariest movie overall, but there's a lot of really cool scenes that work super well as scare scenes. Like I'm thinking specifically of the the drip going up the glass of water as he's looking at it. Just shit like that, like that happens randomly. There's a lot of just really good, subtle, goddamn terrifying shit, and I love it. A lot of it's a function of editing, uh, which actually was something I, I almost put this into middle, but I think ultimately it's to the movie's benefit that it's there. But it's like super frenetic. Yeah, uh, kind of like you're saying, they do a lot of these like visual tricks. They love their like jump cuts. There's like no transition, but yeah. it's just like you see one second of every like ten seconds of him doing something of him just like jumping around the apartment or whatever. There it's almost sequence. reminiscent of like um, freaking Shaun of the Dead. I have that exact note. I was yeah. just gonna yeah. say that yeah. it has it. Yeah, and I I put down that exact thing that you said. There are good shots, and I think the thing that I ended up gravitating towards the most was lighting. I think yes. that the lighting in this movie was off the charts yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely tremendous. It and made you his can house really pick what part you want to talk about. You can talk about the way that they framed up what was a really pivotal scene, and then it, perv- it, it was pervasive throughout the movie of that really disgusting bathroom. You can think about the holiday lights in the house and, like, the what the reds portray and what the blues portray. You can think about him and his archiving. Like there are, there's so much that has to do with lightning here. Yeah. Could you quickly provide an explanation of what the red portrays and what the blue portrays? Because I noticed that they were very prevalent, and I wasn't really able to definitively connect those to anything individual. I equate, yeah, I equated it more to like blue tended to be, and it would take multiple viewings. I've seen this once. Blue to me tended to be hap- It was in more of a down period, and then it was red when there was more action. I don't, I don't know if that's accurate but that's what i was able to glean so jake it's interesting i i think i was kind of the same boat when i was trying to go back and think about the different colors i i as i remember it i don't you know have this i didn't have this thought when i was watching it but i remember the blue being more weird creepy stuff is going on and red being more his psychosis like you think he's being psychotic and acting crazy well and that's when you're gonna start seeing more of like the cuts like we were talking about so it's more action frenetic blah 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 so maybe i mean it's all connected maybe it's all connected maybe it's (laughs) It's all all connected boys (laughs) i was i I kept getting stuck on them channeling the red room from amityville which i I mean would tie in perfectly with what you're saying yeah yeah Yeah. no yeah and to that point the house always feels terrifying and hollow like something else is is in there but then some scenes are shot even to like make it clear there's something else in the room but it it's never it never feels like a cozy house like it never feels like a comfortable place to be and that's all in the lighting and cinematography which is really it's cool. ireland man you yeah. have cozy cottages and you have haunted ha- haunted flats Ooh. i also want to call out the scene of the the woman in the grass when he like sends his kid to go play to Pretty go gnarly. count to 10 yeah and that woman's like popping up and then popping up closer when she comes right at the shit. thing yeah oh yeah, yeah that's a solid thing well yeah that scene what, was great and that's what he tries to use at the end to like prove it yeah <clears throat> and it works before we move before we move too far from from lighting uh one thing that i did want to bring up that i thought that this movie did really well was um silhouetting the main character he's shot in silhouette so fucking often in this movie 
And I think the reason they're doing that is so that they can show him as a body of darkness surrounded by the external world. Like everything around him is still normal, but he is a black body. Like Uh-oh. he is darkness. And That's to me, deep, like bruh. from the from the get go, from that first scene where he stands up in front of the archive footage in that in the um, in his little mini theater thing, that was the exact moment where I was like, "Oh, he's the crazy person." <laughs> uh, Mark, to your point, you went way deeper than I did with it. I noticed they shot him in silhouette a lot. I just thought that was to imply that when he saw a silhouette kill his wife, it was him. Well, I mean that that probably works too. All this stuff of like, you know, thematically tying things together. You know, it's just me. (laughs) This is my own. This is a fan theory, Jack. Brace yourself. (laughs) Well, this fan theory I actually like, Mark, so that's one for you. Okay, but you are admitting that the last one was a fan theory. No. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Never. Someday. Someday I'll get that. Um, I really like the line, it was only one babysitter. When he's like in the interview with child services, the detective, and presumably his lawyer or solicitor, I think it would be in Ireland. Don't it's actually a magistrate. Know. Uh, certainly not that. <laughs> but when when the the I think it's the the, the uh, detective is like, and he's locked multiple babysitters in closets, and his response is, "Hey, there's only one babysitter." <laughs> That line made me laugh. It was a great moment of levity in a situation. This and also, as a lawyer, I've been in that place when you're like, hey, I got some to grab onto. They provided one factual inaccuracy I can glom onto here. This movie made you laugh. It made you cry. It made you think. It was a Did roller all those coaster things, That's a full day, Jack. I really dug it made this me movie. vomit in a bucket. Hey, how do we all watch this movie? Uh, Shudder. I, I, I got Okay. Uh, so uh, interesting. It's also free on Hulu. I, I went the Hulu route just because it was up on the television when I watched it. And there weren't ad breaks throughout. There was like a long ad at the end. But that's a terrible way to do ads because I just turned it the <laughs> fuck off. Spoiler Don't tell alert. Hulu. Tricked you out, Hulu. <laughs> um, but like what, what I mean is we all experience these movies in different ways. This one for me was one I got to like my lovely wife had gone to bed and I didn't have to be up particularly early. So I got to turn off all the lights and just hang out on the couch like, I don't know, 12.30 a.m., just toss this movie on, watch it, and silent, pretty loud, dark house. And that's a great experience. I think I always... Your sleep schedule is the scariest thing about this podcast, I, I gotta tell you. <laughs> I agree. You're like, I could just throw a movie on at 12.30. I'm like, I have not been awake at 12.30 of my own accord in years. At that point in the evening, I've been asleep for two and a half hours. <laughs> so, I mean, did you get to watch it in like a dark house... Like, because sometimes we'll watch these on, like, a morning. Or I watched I just, mine during the light of day. Yeah. So I just, I just, I'm curious about That's that cool. shit. That's cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know. Yeah, mine was a nighttime viewing. Lights off. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, did your <laughs> lovely wife watch this with you? Uh, she did, yeah. She had just gotten back from a short trip up home, uh, and she came in on the airplane, and then we basically <laughs> sat on a couch and watched this as soon as she got home. Okay. Did thing. she also leave on a jet plane, though? Uh, yes. Okay. She left on a jet plane and returned on a jet plane, unlike the song. Presumably knew when she'd be back again. Yeah, it was it was meticulously planned out. <laughs> meticulously, according to a ticket. <laughs> well, I mean, look, there's the global computer system known as the Beast that calculates all these things very meticulously. All of it. Yeah. All of it. It's meticulously calculating what to do with everyone who's going to fly on a 737 at this point. <laughs> a Max 8 and Max 9. <laughs> 
I'm kind of out of stuff it clearly did, right? We can go to the middle. Uh, we should probably just mention the how dark the ending gets. Good lord. Oh my, th- mean, this movie did leave me shell-shocked in a cheery. way not a lot of movies have. Shell-shocked, huh? Like, just like, oh god. Like, I couldn't go to bed right after this movie. I had to watch some episodes of Cheers. I had to watch nerves. Requiem for a Dream real quick. <laughs> did you sleep at all this evening? Yeah. Okay. Between the hours of, of what? Four and five thirty, like three thirty and six. Okay, that is preposterous. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, you should see a doctor. <laughs> I think you should see a doctor. You fuck. You don't need eight I hours. I do see of a sleep. doctor. Everyone should see a doctor. Oh, <laughs> I've been to the doctor in, I mean, six years. <laughs> there are a lot of problems here, dude. <laughs> They're gonna find high levels of carbon monoxide in your blood. Well, all this is telling me is that if I see a doctor, they're going to tell me I'm a superhuman. I can live on two and a half hours of sleep. I can survive carbon monoxide. I should go to a... Uh, no, I'll get studied. They'll put me in a vat. If anything, they're just going to prescribe you either lithium or Ritalin. And frankly, I mean, both would be fine. Then all my friends will stop talking to me. <laughs> Only most of them. I'm still real. <laughs> I don't know that at this point. It's uh, the imaginary And I would that say that if I were fake. So. For between midnight and 3 a.m. Mark, what does the movie do middle? Oh, my God. You're the uh, only one that can keep us on we track already, here. We already touched on mine, actually. Like, I, I added that the kid is, like, cute and kind of fun to watch, but he's also just regurgitating lines in here. That I think he's actually a selling point for the movie, but You're a dick. I was taken out by him. I guess you guys liked him a hell of a lot more than I did. This kid really didn't commit to the bit. He didn't go method for his preparation, and I yeah. hate him for it. You're a real dickhead. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you you can no tell he's just, like... Reading the lines. They're just feeding him lines, and he's giving them back. And have you heard kids up. talk? That's how they talk. Like, they're just saying things. Mark, have you heard this kid's accent? It's adorable. Okay, so what's the difference? Hold on. What is the difference between good child acting and bad child acting? Accent. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, well, fine, hold on. Fine, Case hold in point. On. Well, no, I don't, I don't co-sign that statement. You do, though. You'll find <laughs> that you do. All Irish kids are good child actors. I do love an Irish accent. I think we've gotten to the bottom of this one. Did you? Did either of you guys have anything middle? No. No. Uh, <laughs> I did want to talk about how the movie advertises itself as being um, no pre-recorded or archived sounds in it. But I don't. I what? Say everything about, about this. I didn't hear that. Say everything the about The director this. of the movie has talked about multiple times how the movie contains no pre-recorded or archived sounds. But okay. I don't know... I was, and when it's really complicated because I don't know what makes like there's obviously score in this movie that was pre-recorded or I guess post-recorded. If he's being that pedantic about it, then fuck him. But Ian Cavanaugh, yeah, Ian Cavanaugh. But I I don't, I don't, I don't think that sounds technically includes score. Because sound editing is usually shit like doors opening and like water babbling, all that shit. But I went back and watched a couple of scenes in some of the more like intense scenes there's sound effects that build seamlessly into score and if he truly like made all the sound effects live and then had the composer write a score to follow it that's amazing i i don't take i i still take that to mean that they used fully and all that stuff but they just didn't use like archived free sound type shit like the getty there's, images of sound there's no wilhelm scream in this exactly that's or, that's what i would assume that that means but none I, of that I uh 
none of that uh, Zord noise uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex from scream they use from the Babadook. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Why couldn't I think of Megazord a minute ago? I really am losing my mind. I don't know. I'm actually, I'm in the same boat too, buddy. I have not been able to come up with the word words like all day. It's a tough one, man. I th- So that's just going to move us into what the movie does wrong. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, boys. It's going to be a light segment for me. Really? Okay. I mean, I, I want to talk and argue with you boys, but I don't have a lot the movie just absolutely does wrong. I would just like to jump over to Jake real quick just as a quick like heartbeat check. He hasn't said anything in a good 20 minutes. He's been reading uh, his phone forever. <laughs> what do you think, buddy? That's my notes, man. Uh, I think aside from the very end of the movie, this follows a trajectory that we've all seen plenty of times. Sure. This so is a classic. Like, you don't know yeah, if he's crazy I mean, you, you feel, yeah, and Mark said it earlier when he was like, the dude stands up and I know he's the crazy one. And this does that throughout so i think that aside from what they add and i mean the last 30 seconds of film here it's pretty telegraphed the whole climax of this movie happens in the last like 15 minutes yeah and you spend i mean it's a 90 minute movie so that's fine but it spends all of that runtime doing something that you've seen and that you expect coming i I, that's tough yeah. To a certain degree. Yeah. No, so. I'll I'll buy that. That that makes sense. I the only thing I had that it actively does wrong for me was I don't wrong love the detective. He takes me out of the movie what? so much. I like his character, but I, I, I just hate all of the interactions so much. And it, it started with a nitpick, right? It started with him saying he has a cast iron alibi or, or the, the what was the word you said for the opposite of a cuckold mark? Uh, Salon Gillet. Sure. That, uh, it started with saying he has a cast iron alibi because he was him, on I, the phone with his coworker. I think the phrase is bloke. Bloke, yeah. And start from there of like, okay, first off, that's the weakest alibi I've ever fucking heard. It's the best. And then it just goes immediately into like, you're interviewing a guy who called in his missing wife in a like windowless interrogation room. I love this. I love him. It's insane. I hate this detective so much. It just seems tired of the investigation. To the point where like, I couldn't focus on the movie because of how much I hated this guy. And like, (laughs) it took away from the movie's making questioning whether this guy's crazy or losing his mind or it's actually a ghost just be like well no clearly he's gone too far over the top to clearly the guy didn't kill her i thought it was really believable to just have somebody you all have them in your lives the people are just there out there to get your goat man that's this guy steve orham in a dark song he does great but like i love him i hate him he's a great actor no you guys are you guys are breezing over the point that he was right the whole time (laughs) It, it is always the husband. It's always the fucking husband. <laughs> Except when it's yeah, ghosts. from the beginning. Except when it's man. ghosts. He's a smart man. Close. Sometimes it's both. It was still the husband. We don't know that. Mm, kind of do. The ghost could have put that memory in his head. The ghost was a husband. Ghost via husband. Husband via ghost. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Circle of life. <laughs> Mark? I actually... Really only have one, but it's a doozy. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. It This movie just doesn't execute, like at all. Say more. It's, That's a vagary. Um, so the case in point here is, I want to go back to the scene that I talked about already being one of my favorites, which is Sophie waking up in her bedroom. 
Now that the initial setup of that scene is is phenomenal. It's exactly what this movie does right. But then as soon as she's attacked, you get this weird like shuffle of hands and then she screams and then she goes under and then like someone throws covers over her and then the actual scare is someone like ruffling the outside of the, of the of the pillows and the covers and shit. And you go from something that's like really intelligently set up and interestingly executed to like the cheapest shittiest scare you could possibly come up with. So here's my question about that scene. I thought for a second she was also being raped from within the covers. Whoa. Okay, I don't know where you got that from. They talked four or five times about a person hiding in the walls wanting to rape the people inside the house. And then okay. that happened where they show a bunch of her just like in the most abject pain I've almost ever seen while that's going on. I thought that's what it was trying to imply. Well, if that is what they're trying to imply, then this is a great example of what I'm saying. Like, they don't do anything to actually imply that. <laughs> it's it's literally, what you get is just people's hands running along the outside of the covers. And her face. And her screaming a lot. Yeah. And she gets pulled to the side. But, like, this movie wants to be a spooky ghost movie, but they're never really leaning enough into that. It wants to be gory, but they never really, sh- they always cut away from the gore. They don't it wants to have the shock it, value. They don't. There's one it scene. Wa- it wants to have the shock value of like the, the well ghost giving birth in the sewers later. But even then they kind of sh- show it. They cut in and out of it in like uh, this really weird schizophrenic way. I disagree with that. They show that. They show way too much of that. <laughs> right. But, but the scene itself probably has, 10 edits in it, I would bet, at least, for a scene that's less than two seconds Mark long. wanted just, he wanted the natural. He just wanted a full yeah. crotch shot. The whole time. No cuts. Drowned well, victim I mean, giving I, birth. I fundamentally don't want that, but like, I want this movie to decide what the fuck it's trying to be. So I, I'm actually, I don't know why I didn't bring this up in what it does right, because I have never seen a scene like that. That's some, I mean... I didn't you, love you've it. Never seen. You didn't bring it up in what it does right because it's not what it does right. You've never <laughs> seen like weird demonic well birth. Yeah, I sure haven't. That's fine. That's probably fine. I don't. You I need don't to watch more. You need to watch now. more Nickelodeon then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love that I've seen it now, but I it's that's a unique thing. That Add that dis- to your resume. That distressed me. It wasn't pleasant. Uh, yeah, that was a whole thing. That it was, was a pleasant. thing. Told it's you not what this movie there. does right or does wrong. It's just what this movie does. So probably should have come up with what it does middle. It could have been a not pick. God, we have too many fucking stupid ass segments that don't mean <laughs> it anything. It gets us to... This. Mark, blow the whistle. <laughs> oh, God, where is it? It's in your hand. Um, Mark, I talked about it in your intro. Uh-huh. There probably isn't a, a nitpick or a neat pick or a not pick. But... It does say something about the gala they go to that they serve gin and tonics and highball glasses. That's a very strange catering choice. What else would you, what would you serve them in? Uh, like like a whiskey glass, like a tumbler. A rocks that's what glass. a highball glass. Was. A rocks glass. No, no, highball glasses like skinny and tall. Okay, I'm gonna Google it real quick. Like he drank, like he drank the gin and tonic in this movie out of. I was not paying close enough to tell, tell you what type of glassware was used well, Mark, in the scene I, at the beginning of the movie. I go to a lot of galas, and I actually kind of wish that was a joke because I don't like them, but I do end up going to a lot of galas. Um, 
And look, just from a catering perspective, you're using a lot of fucking tumblers or rocks glasses anyway, so you put gin and tonics in there. It's also easier to dilute a gin and tonic in a rocks glass. There's no, like, a highball glass you use for color and doing cool things. There's no problem with serving a gin and tonic in a highball glass, but it's a weird choice for a catering company. Maybe they ran out of low balls. Maybe, but that says something about the movie. So I'm just saying it's, I wanted to bring it up. I didn't know how. There's a subtle critique of, of poor uh, gala planning just buried underneath this thing. Exactly. Event, the director the event, really had something to say about that. Yeah, galas. the event planners were fucking bush league. <laughs> Let me tell you something. How is any bathroom as gross as this public okay. bathroom? Okay, And Seriously. more importantly, that's, the ni- that's a nitpick because how? That's one nitpick. More importantly, when he leaves, how is he not, I mean, covered in just... Detritus. Like, what is happening? Get, I'm surprised you didn't get to the most important nitpick of all here. Go continue. Why would on. you puke in that toilet? Thank you. Just oh, he puke doesn't on the side of, of the road. He's out of it. Okay, so then just puke. Don't walk into the worst place yeah, ever. It's way exactly. dirtier in there. It's way, way dirtier. dirtier. The Irish are very polite. They always find a toilet, even one that's absolutely <laughs> yeah. That's that's what's known about the Irish. Well, yeah, notably about diarrhea. this toilet in particular, they found it and they shat next to it. <laughs> Also, he's immediately next to a canal. Just puke in that. No, it's too close to falling in. It's deep. You don't want to fall in. So puke That's on the banks. That's point, because he will not come back out. Jesus Christ. On the banks. That was, that was literally my number one nitpick is, what the fuck? Why would you puke in this toilet? Yeah. yeah. What is he doing? Insane. What is he doing? He also... Already got. How's he not covered in shit? He got very close to puking outside the toilet where he should have puked anyway. He should have puked so many times. Oh god! Also, if I wander into an abandoned building, he's not that drunk, mind you, or drunk at all. He's not drunk. Yeah. If I he's drunk with sorrow. So here's the situation. And shame. You've saw something that made you puke, right? I need to puke. I wander into an abandoned building that somehow has the lights flickering on. Another nitpick. Yeah. Unclear why. I puke in the grossest bathroom I've ever seen, and while I'm puking, I see feet walk up to the stall in which I'm puking and point under it. I'll puke on that guy. I don't care. I'm opening the door at that point. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing, you fucking lunatic? Maybe that guy's also looking. Hold on, Jack. What if that guy's also looking for somewhere to puke? Then he should. And then look you open the door and he pukes all over you, and then you puke all over him. Then this is a big puke circle. Then that's it's the fine. situation I'm comfortable with. <laughs> Then you can go. You can go take a swim in the canal to clean up. That is, yeah. You'll drown. Public deep. service announcement: Don't don't swim in canals. It's Do deep. puke in canals <laughs> from the <Yeah>. banks. <laughs> but I I am one hundred percent much more comfortable being puked on by a stranger than I am letting a stranger stick his toes into a stall in which I'm puking. I don't know which of those I'm more comfortable with. It's not even close to a question for me. <laughs> <laughs> And Listener, obviously, let us know what you think. <laughs> if me puking on that gentleman is in play, that's my obviously preferred option. Okay. I, I am glad that we're establishing a hierarchy. Since these tend to go chronologically before that happens, um, I mentioned it earlier. The font on the crime from the archival footage, I think, is wrong and weird Whack. and and. and too designy for any kind of old timey anything. Do and you it's, sit it's... in a theater to archive to do your job if you're him? If you're also, David? that I again, I don't know what archivists. Do. Why do they have a theater that he is the only person that sits in? Do they just borrow the actual town theater? No, I mean that was like a twelve. No, it's a tiny little. That was like Mark's thing. parents' why basement. Do they, why do they need yeah. that? 
Why do they need that? I, because you need to look I at would've... stuff on a full projector. That doesn't surprise no, me. you don't. Yeah, I would assume they're doing a substantial amount of film restoration, and they need to see what's, like, the On results. a big screen. Yeah. No, nah, just put it under a microscope. Plus, if I owned a film archivist company, I'd invest in that just for porn. True. You porn can, on a big like, screen? Write off porn as a business expense. Great. Or the display mechanism for porn. There you go. Anyway. That, made, that makes more sense. But, yeah. uh, okay, so the first time, and I don't, I haven't gone back and checked this out. I have a very clear memory. I wrote down the first time it pops up. I have in my notes, quote, a crime hyphen. That's a weird font. When he (laughs) watches that same scene later on, it doesn't just say a crime. It says a terrible crime. Number one, why are they editorializing what kind of crime it was? So that's a nitpick in and of itself. Number two, why does the fucking title card what are you, change? Why are you just freedom of the press, man? What are you fucking some I don't need the press bag. editorial. They're the press edi- isn't supposed to editorialize. They're editorializing. That, then that's my nitpick. Fuck the press. <laughs> okay, there you go. I, I think that there's some aspect of the films that he's archiving that are not real also, that are figments of his imagination. That's why he sees his wife and himself in many of them. So that would be a pretty cool thing. If they're using the difference in the title cards to show his psychosis, that would be neat. So yeah, the I weird mean, thing about that then would be, I don't know why his so his psychosis has shifted so drastically over the course of this movie that it went from being a crime to a well, terrible crime. Bear in mind like the that whole outcome. there's not a lot of time between That's these deep. two cuts. Like he hasn't fully lost his mind by the time it says a terrible crime. It's you before he shows his coworker. Hmm. So okay. like it's before shit has escalated. It can go quick, Jack. So if that's a really cool, subtle way to like show the difference and progression, that's awesome. But I just I did want to talk about it because it's weird. Could it just say a crime and then say again a terrible crime for emphasis? Well, not if he's watching. He's watching Ooh. the same footage. The double title card. He didn't add the title. The title's it in the away. archival footage. It cut away. Mark, do you know what archivists do? Well, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> They they archive things. Okay, they good. Things, good yeah. work. That's about what I thought. Yep. People yeah. send them things and then they stick them into filing cabinets. I think. Yep. Uh, my next note is the 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 alibi is the furthest thing from a cast iron alibi I've ever heard. Also, why is why are we why do we keep saying cast iron alibi? Wouldn't it be ironclad alibi? I I'd take cast iron too. It's hard. It's durable. Well, what mm. did he say though? He said it's a cast iron alibi. I wrote it down. I watched it twice. I don't like the way that rolls off the tongue. You're not Irish. That's true. That is a valid point, laddie. <laughs> Yikes. I think that I, was Scottish. I have a nitpick with you, yeah. <laughs> and your Irish accent. <laughs> laddie. <laughs> I think I nailed it. Up in the locks. Uh, okay, next nitpick. This is a big one. Big and His mother-in-law. Mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Doing some Ernie K. Doe shit right there. Oh, God. No, okay, if Ernie K. Doe's mother-in-law was like this woman, he had a right to call her the actual devil. Yeah, well. Because what here's fuck? what this woman what knows. What a soulless bitch. This woman is aware that her daughter cheated on her husband yeah. for a year, for a long time, and says, so it's probably time for me to take your child. <laughs> My whore daughter. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, but whatever. It's fine. Stop it. <laughs> Was cheating on you for a year with a dick. And well, technically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so now it's probably time, and she's just died, and you're grieving and still processing all of this. 
She died accidentally. It's probably time for me to take your son away from you. I believe it's pronounced whore. Holy shit! <laughs> the the fact that he didn't strike that woman down is shocking to me. Strike you down! <laughs> wow. This took a Look, weird turn. If at my wife's funeral, my mother-in-law shows up and informs me that my wife has been cheating on me for a year because he didn't know strike her down mind you he didn't know and then tells me that she's going to take my son away i don't think i'd hit her but it wouldn't be good what i'd do (laughs) you strike her with lightning (laughs) yeah like the hammer uh, wind of a thousand gods whatever i can't do the sunny quote right now there's too much carbon monoxide in this room i am actually dizzy i don't feel good (laughs) Uh, I he spends a confusing amount of time between punching a hole in his wall, which he does after he starts hearing voices coming from behind the wall, and actually like investigating it. There, there's the scene where he like chisels away, gets the perfect square cut out, reaches in, feels some stuff, and then like immediately fucking leaves. Yeah, gives up. Or, Excuse me. That's not where I stop that invest. If I've already put a <laughs> hole in my wall, you found a secret compartment in your house. <laughs> There's evidence of this. And look, Jake knows a little something about punching holes in walls. <laughs> I've seen some people do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've seen some people I do it. I have seen people do it. Yeah. yeah. Through through posters maybe. Yeah. <laughs> through paintings. Actually. <sighs> fucking psychos, man. <laughs> but yeah, that's insane. Uh, right. And then, of course, all he had to do was reach in, grab the things, and all of a sudden you have your fucking evidence that you needed the whole goddamn time. Yeah. Yeah. And along with that same scene, hey, here's a pro tip if you're worried about when someone's trying to kill you. If someone says, hey, come here, I need you to do something for a quick second, and you say, what do you need me to do? And they say, it'll only take a quick second. If they only repeat the time and not the thing, don't, don't do provide that a thing. reason. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's a solid move. Yeah. Jesus. You're probably going to get killed by a ghost. Uh, <laughs> on the the uh, track of bad alibis, when the detective confronts him with the information in the car, right? He's talking to him, and he says, tell me what actually happened here. If somebody accuses you of murdering your wife, and you say, there was a murder in my house in 1902, <laughs> that's about the worst explanation you could possibly give, but... Hold on, hold on, officer. Let me take you back to the beginning. Yeah. This all started a hundred years ago. It is how I will be explaining everything in the future. (laughs) Like, hey, Jack, uh, you said you'd have that report ready for us by now. Okay, okay. Let me tell you this, though. There was a murder in my house in 1902. All right? You with me so far? Look at this microfilm. Does that look like me? Does that look like (laughs) me in that microfilm? So it's a stupid scene and a bad thing to say. But it's also one of the things I'm going to say the most frequently moving forward. (laughs) That's fair. I don't blame you at all. That would be how I introduce myself at parties. It's either going to be that or it was only one nanny. It was only one nanny. Yeah, exactly. It was only one babysitter. (laughs) I have a neat pick. They talk about cat people in this movie. Yeah. That's an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. Out of nowhere. (laughs) That movie exists. We should watch it sometime. That's a quick knee pick. It does exist. It's pretty good. It's like a, you know, forefather. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can we talk about how he thinks that the most efficient means of capturing these ghosts is by carrying a carrying around an ancient hand crank film camera? Yeah, he has no evidence that a modern camera wouldn't also capture them. Yeah, or even like it look, if you want to use film, 
fine. Just still, you can still use film, and you don't have to carry around a presumably ninety-pound hand crank camera. You can find a camera that will use the same kind of film from and just modernize, like get a mechanism on there. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's it. The physics of film hasn't changed at all in in <laughs> overtime. I guess if you want to bring in digital, it has a little bit. But here's a neat pick on the film score, though. The director wanted the old-timey shots to look exactly like they would have, so he hunted around. He didn't quite get there. He found a camera from 1918 to film that shit with. That's interesting, because I actually kind of thought that in a few of the... He probably... He must have intermixed it, because there were a few shots that I was like, that is high-def film that is oh, definitely you just definitely like have to edit stuff in, right? Because Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I, I read, again... I don't know this to be the case, but I, I read that he found a camera from 1918 was the best he could do. He wanted one from 1903 to make it look like that. Uh, what's the French movie? My wow. microphone just fell right out of my thing. It was a ghost. Uh, it's all floppy now. My microphone is so floppy. You were talking about a French film of some type. Yeah, there's there's that French film. It's one of the earliest films. I think it's from like 1902 where they're just sitting around a table talking about feeding a baby or actually feeding a baby. It's like a few minutes long. Yeah. Fe- feeding a baby to what? Nope. Incorrect. <laughs> oh, I can't wrap my mind around this then. <laughs> but he, he wanted everything to look exactly like that. So he tried to get the camera they used for that. He could only find one from like 1918. But I think that's pretty cool. That's cool attention to detail. Yeah, I mean, if you're making something about where, where fundamentally part of your story is coming to you from historical footage you pro- that you need to create yourself, then you probably need to do so with the equipment of the time. Yeah. Here's one of my biggest nitpicks. Okay. It's again with the detective, but also with the forensic science the detective uses. You didn't find his fucking fingerprints on the hand- wooden handle of a hammer that he threw into the canal four days ago. That's just not a yeah. thing that didn't happened. Didn't they also determine that the hammer wouldn't have, like, that she died of drowning or whatever? Yeah, he didn't hit her the with the hammer. The hammer didn't matter. It's just a hammer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who gives why, a why shit? Hey, we found matter? this hammer. Hey, we found your hammer. But, Here you go. Have a nice day. Even if it does belong to her lover, who gives a shit? She wasn't hit with it. <laughs> And I want to I want to meet the diver here's who was just swimming around in the canal. It was like, ooh, a hammer. I'm going to pull this. Well, up. they this did drain the canal. The here's how this should have gone. He should have been like, so your wife drowned. She was cheating on you and you stole the guy. She was cheating on you with his hammer. That's a bad day. And just let him go. One hundred percent. I mean, it would have been the wrong thing to do. Charged him with robbery. Yeah, and and he killed her, but... um, He didn't kill her. (laughs) He had a memory of killing her. The ghost did. He had a memory of killing her. But also, just assuming they did find the hammer and assuming it mattered at all, you didn't find his fingerprints on the wooden handle, shellacked though it may have been after four days of intensely running water. The New York Canal here in Boise runs at what, like 65 CFS? On on a bad day, I would not know that. Why? Hold no, shut up. Why would you possibly know the fucking flow rate of the local canal? My job was sampling it for a few years. Jesus Christ! I used to work for the Bureau of Reclamation. That was literally my my job for a while. So I know that to be pretty quick. And this canal looks a lot. I can't believe you weren't able to independently verify these numbers in advance. I know I'm a bad person. Oh, I actually was. I looked at my Google Drive. I still have notes from that era. And what was the turbidity like? Uh, it was a bad. It was like sometimes like eighty <laughs> NTU. <laughs> and what does NTU stand for? <laughs> National Turbidity Units. That's oh not my correct. god, that's not correct. <laughs> it's a, it's a weird uh like German name that I can't remember. T. <laughs> Nacht. 
<laughs> Trout. Turbidity is a measure of umlaut. Good. Trout umlaut. Good. Okay, Good. we did it. We spoke you were German. talking German, and it took you four syllables before you could only come up with umlaut. Good. It's good work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't speak kraut, Jack. <laughs> oh, my God. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, we can leave that in? Uh, I'll bleep it. How about I bleep it so it sounds way worse? <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Um, I have one final nitpick. I, 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 okay, I want you to go last because my last three aren't really nitpicks. Okay. The 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 kid You're birthing scene is one it. of the most distressing things I've ever seen. Ever. It's horrible, man. The most the, the it's most fucking horrible. The most birthing ever. Jesus. The most kid dying ever. Didn't like it. He just tucked and rolled, man. The kid asking to get his dinosaur book made me cry. That's a neat pick. Talked okay. about that. Okay. And That's then my last note is happened. just when the kid killed himself. My note here is sweet fucking holy cow shit cocking shit fucking what ug is you the note bleep, I wrote. You should bleep all of that. Yeah, I will. That was offensive. Yeah. Yeah. You really. Like, no, when he says all of that, he means like the last 45 seconds. Like just from you from you saying you have three remaining nitpicks, just bleep all of that. Like that scene with Wayne's, like that scene in Wayne's World. And then you pull out the handlebars and then. <laughs> <laughs> and your mother doesn't even know what to do. <laughs> okay, are we ready to go out? Yeah, buddy. You have one last nitpick though. The only the only one I have left was um to get back to probably don't join the guy if he's not able to provide you with a reason why you he needs to show you something real quick and only says one second. If you do not take Jack's advice and you go back there and he has a projection screen set up on a wall that has a gigantic fucking hole in it. That's another red flag. Yeah. Maybe, maybe hang up a, like a, hang up a sheet. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to project on something, don't project on something that has a gigantic fucking hole right in the, the middle, middle of, the screen. of what you need to Lick see. a piece of paper and stick it to that hole. Especially if that's like the specific spot where you're expecting the ghost to come right like, in the middle to show up right in the middle. Yeah. It's not great. It's like, oh, out. man, yeah, you totally see what I was talking about, but it's, like, inside the hole that's in the middle of my wall that I could have fixed that I didn't fix. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. It was for dumb effect. Effect, but dumb. Not great. I think it was purely so the thing could crawl out of the wall. Oh, that's guaranteed. Exactly. But didn't it crawl out behind her even when it did? It grabbed her yes. from behind. So, whatever. It was bad. It's because it was actually him. Let's go to ratings. On a jet plane, don't know when I'll be back again. We overrated see horror use a one through ten rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about Norm, who'd rate how life is treating him. How's life treating you? It's nuts, I mean, but that doesn't mean you can't. And for ten, think about Veronica Mars, who'd rate how persnickety she is. Are you always this persnickety? Sometimes I'm even persnickety-er. Story's the first category to rate these movies. This was my pick, so I'll rate the thing for story. I'm going to give it a six for story. I think it's pretty interesting. It is above average to me, and and I like the ending gets a whole lot of play because that's a an ending I've never seen before, and holy shit, it stuck with me. The 30 seconds or the birth baby thing? The 30-second ending. Okay, that was close to the end, the other thing. The other thing, yeah, that, that doesn't have any impact on the story for me. <laughs> <laughs> but overall it's not innovative so it's 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 not it's never poor though right even when it's not innovative it's finely executed it's never poor 
I think there's some interesting and well-written characters in here. So I'm going to give it an above average score to six, but it's not, it's not pushing ground. Jake, how about you? Pushing ground. I gave it a six too. So this is super exciting. Uh, the only thing I'll really add is you say it's, it's not doing anything innovative. I'll say the thing that I said earlier in the podcast, which is where aside from the last 30 seconds, yeah, that you last really part. feel like you see exactly what's coming from 10 miles away and then you it plays well, out that way we didn't even talk about this right after the kid kills himself which is woof the real estate agent like looking up and smiling weirdly at that same kid closing the door to the upstairs bedroom yeah what's the point of that i think it's to show that it's a ghost house and now the kid's a ghost in the house because he killed himself they're all ghosts. is the real estate agent also a ghost yeah that part i don't know probably that's the part i can't figure ghost out. conspirator okay. she's like a ghost familiar <laughs> there you go. If yeah, you lift up her the tongue, there will be a tattoo under there of some circles in a square. Oh, she's from Wakanda? I think that's the underside of the lip. Oh, okay. I'm getting my mouth tattoos all mixed up. Yeah, yeah. you are. It's unacceptable. Go watch Blade again, Mark. I probably will. That sounds wonderful. I like that <laughs> It's movie. probably actually on the lip in Blade 2. I don't remember. <laughs> Mark. I also gave it a six. Wow. Uh, so I think you, guys- you had to. Yeah, number of the beast. Um, it it probably does does deserve some credit for originality. I had that written down, but also when you think about it, this is also just Amityville meets Babadook meets Sinister. Um, and yeah, I mean, fundamentally, when it came down to it, I didn't really know how to rate this. I think it's better than average. It's a hard movie but review. I basically it's wanted to give it like review. the minimum amount of credit for being better than average, so I went with six. I like that. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I can't argue with you. I did the exact same things. So. Exactly. <laughs> world building and immersion are second category. I'm going to give it an eight for world building and immersion. Wow. I was wow. I was sucked into this movie. And I, I'm trying to think of what took it out. I might even want to go higher than this. I mean, the detective took me out a lot. While I found Whoa, him funny and I liked on. him, that character took me out of what was otherwise a very intense experience. Couldn't take my eyes off him. But... Holy shit, I was sucked into this movie, and I was, even though you kind of know where these things are going, I was, I liked the bounce back and forth of the husband's crazy, the husband's a psycho, the husband is being actually haunted by ghosts. Like, I, I like the that. The husband was just crazy the whole time. <laughs> no, there were ghosts. There wasn't a whole lot of bounce back. There were ghosts. Okay. There I mean, was yes. ghost. There can be two things. <laughs> his his craziness can be brought about due to a presence. Canal are deep. <laughs> but man, I was okay. I was goddamned engrossed in this movie, and based on your reaction, you're gonna give it lower. And I want to know what what took you out of it because I think this movie was also paced really well. We didn't get into that, but I was never oh bored watching this movie. Um, <laughs> sounds oh. like both of you were. So Jake, I didn't say that he did. I gave it a seven. W- look, world building. This is Ireland. The world is Ireland ish. It's a good world they built. <laughs> they, they didn't do a lot of work. The druids. They didn't do a lot of work there, but they didn't do anything offensive. So I'm just gonna kind of like let that one sit. Uh, I'm, from an immersion standpoint, like this is a little bit slow. The things that take me out are actually interesting in the sense that they're also the things that I find most remarkable about this movie in a lot of ways. I think the perfect example is the bathroom scene because that's a memorable visual experience, but it's like, bro. Okay. Come on. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I do want to quibble with your world building a little bit there. It's Ir- you want to quibble with me just saying it's Ireland and then moving on? I No, because I want the house. They built this house as a thing. And it's to okay. Me, I understand. Yeah, you said hollow. that. Yeah, you, you had a lot deeper experience of the house than I did. I mean, it existed. 
Yeah, and I, I didn't. I it did didn't feel cozy. I agree with you there, but it didn't really. The house itself was not something that I focused on really. That's it didn't take me out, but I didn't huh. think about it like at all. Huh. Look, I still gave this a relatively high score. I think that has to do with things that I'm going to get to to a certain degree, so I'm going to not talk about it too much, and I'm trying not to like rate it too much because of that. But it's also a well-acted movie, by and large, and I think that, that helps you stay in as much as possible. It's almost necessary. So, yeah. Yeah. Mark? Uh, I gave it a five. Seems... Still, a, I mean, still a solid score. It's slightly below average is what it's I'm getting F. at here. It's an F. Uh, yeah, I suppose it would be an F. This movie gets an F from me. Um, I first off, let me start by saying, uh, talking sorry. about the pacing a little bit. Just because this movie is a tight ninety does not mean it is paced or ed- or cut well. The editing within the individual scenes is good, but there are large portions of this. There are whole scenes that were, in my opinion, basically unnecessary. Balderdash. I don't is know what what. The- yeah. Were the scenes Balderdash? Okay. Does that mean... I know it to be a game. What are you saying? What is happening? Stop drinking your beer and talk to me. <laughs> you can't. He can't do it. <laughs> he is incapable of... Jake is seemingly playing charades. I can't. It's one word. Which okay. Is great, great for not The word is horse shit. I couldn't swallow... Yeah, Balderdash. Yeah. Oh, is Balderdash a synonym for <laughs> bullshit? Balderdash is a word, bro. I think it means horse shit. Balderdash is a word in the way that poppycock is a word. That's a word. <laughs> are they synonyms? I'm looking it up. Balderdash and poppycock are definitely synonyms. Yeah. Well. It, it, regardless of this ridiculous interruption. Uh, <laughs> Balderdash, I mean, senseless talker writing, nonsense. Synonyms, nonsense, rubbish, gibberish, claptrap, blather, blether, more. I got to see a poppycock's in there. It's. <laughs> if it is, so this are, is all horseshit. Look, shit. there are there's it is, there are cock. scenes in the middle mostly of this movie that Three. are just claptrap. What what scenes are you thinking of specifically? They're pure codswallop. I I think they spend too much time with him going back to the office and doing these archival runs again and again. A few of the scenes, particularly the scene where he's like running back to the party. There's a lot of the stuff. I mean, I love Sophie as a character. I think. Like I said earlier, I think her performance is among the best, but I also am not convinced that she needs to be in this movie. Yeah, I, I do agree. The, that relationship does feel like it's not adding much. Yeah, and I mean, it's it, like it allows it away, them to though. set up a few additional scary scenes, but like ultimately, I think that leads to the middle of the movie dragging. I also feel like the scenes that you're talking about where he's can, like the scenes that don't necessarily need to be there where he's back at work or whatever uh they're basically just there to start to sow the seeds of like there's something going on with him and Claire at work. Yeah, something I mean, you need some of that, but there's not, not the extent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Cuz you I also you. you also need that this there's this black like shadow person that's showing up in the background of the film. That's yep. the other important part. But you can get that in like one scene. You also you need a little bit of the he's not just totally crazy. Other people are seeing it too, right? To keep towing the line a little bit, you need a little bit. Yeah, of Yeah, I mean, you would. I would definitely keep the one where they're rolling through with her, and she's like, "Well, that could just be a shadow, I guess." Yeah, that one was helpful. Yeah, but I, I do agree with you. The, the The relationship and the scenes that focus on their relationship are. I don't think they take away, but I, I agree with you. They don't add malarkey. So yeah, I mean, ultimately, I can't really put my finger on it, which is sort of what I was getting at earlier with my talking about what the movie does wrong. This movie just, in my mind, it doesn't execute well. It didn't. 
it doesn't resonate with me in the way that I was sort of expecting it to. And as a result, I felt like fundamentally disconnected from it throughout most of it. Interesting. Well, scare factor is our third category. And I think this is going to be pretty interesting. I gave it a six for scare factor. On the one hand, I wanted to give it a decent amount higher because I think this movie does a lot of really interesting stuff with number one, like adult and psychological fears. That shit all works really, really well for me. And then there are certain scenes that are, really fucking cool and really fucking scary that the nightmare sequence and and with the the water droplet going upward and the 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 woman popping up from the the reeds and even i i liked the woman in the reeds yeah and we didn't talk about that's a great scene but the intro package where he's watching and it's like an eye being cut and just a weird montage of psychotic. <laughs> we didn't talk about that. I don't know why that's in there. It's like, yeah, it's basically just Unchien Andalou for like a yeah, quick it's second. It's fucking, it's, it's worse than Unchien Andalou. It's, I don't know. There's eyes crawling or there's ants crawling out of eyes in that movie. It's weird. I know, but this one's more psychotic, like more disruptive. It's bizarre. Well, um, but so I, I can't like, not all the scares blend really well. Like the scariest movies take your, adult psychological fears and transition them into the jump scares and like other scary scenes and sequences. And this one felt like psychologically scary shit with set pieces that were really individually scary. Uh And there wasn't a lot of transition between the two. And I thought that's where it's lacking that connective tissue. So it's above average for sure. Does both things really well, but doesn't blend them together. So that's why I gave it a six. The birthing scene is a perfect example of what you're saying. That's like clearly something they wanted to work in. But and it, it is, is completely right. a tonal it change spells. from every other thing they do. Right. And it's also really distressing and, yeah. and kind of well done. But like, eh, what, why? But like, also, why is it there? Yeah. yeah. No, totally. Yeah. Especially yeah. when they've already dredged her body up. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's a ghost at that point. It is a ghost. I mean, that's yeah. why it's all it explains how she gave gray. birth to a full term fetus at not showing at all pregnancy. Totally. Exactly. You're you're forgetting when when Jake says canal are deep. He doesn't mean that canals are just physically they have depth. He means metaphorically they have depth. It's really a statement on life if you think about it. It's an allegorical colloquialism. Yeah. Especially when you consider that it's canal R deep. R being just the letter R. Like Toys R Us. <laughs> Backwards R. Canal or R. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when I make that the show title, is there a way I can actually turn the R backwards Most on, likely, on yes. SoundCloud? Most likely, yes. Is there uh, an alt yeah, code? Yeah, it'll be a different character, but yeah, you can find is it. Is there I'm an alt code for yes. that symbol? 100%. Yes, okay. Yes. Jake, what's your scare factor? I also gave it a six for basically the exact same reason. This, yeah. movie, this movie made me feel relatively uncomfortable uh, for the majority of the time. I felt like I knew what was coming. I said this for story, obviously, but at the same time, I felt unease, and I was interested in what they would kind of bring to the table next the whole time, which has you a bit on the edge of your seat. It really does. Sure. Uh, that It's tough because it was still slow to me. They had pieces they could have cut out, sure, but when, when it delivered, it did deliver. It just wasn't enough to be in that upper echelon. I felt like I was expecting it based on what I had heard about this movie to have a bit more punch feels like the wrong word because I did know this would be more of a psychological type thing but I felt like I would get a little bit more that being said it was not by any means like bereft of scare no no it did definitely it did enough for sure all right Mark 
I also gave it a six. We're remarkably uh, in tune on this one. The only other thing I want to mention before we move along is uh, just the concept of being pulled down by your feet when you're swimming in a swimming hole. Uh, Good call. Good call. That's definitely definitely a real fear. No one likes that. (laughs) No one likes that. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it's going to take us into effects or judicious lack thereof. Hmm. It's a pretty... Tough one. I'm going to give it a six. I think this is largely an, a judicious lack thereof movie. Um, some of the effects are really cool, and, and some of that goes into that is like, I think even if I don't really understand what it means by no pre-recorded or archival sounds or whatever you, you want to say, I thought the sound effects and score were really cool in this movie. The reason that that stuck out to me when I read it is because I remember thinking that there were scenes where the sound effects present in the scare blended seamlessly into the score that immediately followed. And that's really cool and really hard to do. So I'm giving it credit for that. Then the creepy birthing scene, weird though it may have been looked fucking weird and good. And it was a bunch of cuts probably because they couldn't make it look great, but they cut it to make it look good enough. And, uh, then everything else looks, I mean, there's, there's nothing else. It's, it's apart from that, a judicious like their movie. So that's what I gave it. Jake, I gave it a seven. I that's a I don't necessarily disagree with you. This is about as high as I can go for a movie that would fit into that category, and I don't know what mental gymnastics I need to do to decide whether I think it's a judicious lack of or not. I might lean that it's not. I don't know. I really don't. But I'm leaning that it's not. Yeah, I think I'm leaning that it's not. There's enough going on here. I mean, let's okay. Let's talk about the birthing scene. That's not really judicious lack of. <laughs> uh, the other thing that we need to talk about too is lighting. Again, like the oh, lighting, yeah, didn't the lighting's that. tremendous yeah. in this movie. I think, I think that it did a, a, a pretty good job throughout. It didn't have enough going on for me to be like, this is a no in effects. But, you know, it was good. Yeah, really good. Mark? I gave it a six and a half. Um, they're solid, but there's nothing like extremely remarkable about them. Uh, they obviously go for the set pieces at the end, but... I guess I differ a little bit with your opinion, Jack. I don't think any of them are particularly like, amazing. Um, the costuming on the on the I keep calling her the well ghost, but the one who is having the baby in the in the sewer, it looks fine. But it's sort of like the I, it's sort of like my take on the acting of a crazy person earlier. I don't know what a bloated pregnant person who had been rotting in the water for multiple days giving birth to a demon child would look like. No, and I think I totally agree with you on that. Right? I think that looked fine. I don't think it looked great, and I think that the yeah. cutting on it, like you mentioned, the aggressive cutting, was because they couldn't make it look great. But it's it, it's a smart decision around their part, and I think like ultimately, I think that visually it worked. I don't know how narratively it worked in there, but um, the only other things that I'd kind of like to bring up here just is something that weren't very good. Uh, there are two in particular. One was that the the at the very end of the movie when the kid is talking to his dad through the wall. I don't know how they filmed that, if they actually put a guy behind the wall or if that's like a weird CG that they put in the crack, but it didn't It didn't look right. It looked like the eye in the floor of the uh, Black Christmas remake. It did, and it also looked <laughs> like the crack in the wall of the uh, 11th Doctor, Doctor Who special, which looks notoriously pretty poor. Right. Um, and then the only, the other only one I wanted to point out was, uh, I do think it's effects when you're talking about how you're constructing the scare for, I'm going to talk about it again, the scene where Sophie wakes up in the bedroom. It just put me off that like literally the best thing they could do is have someone's hands come in from off screen and kind of like give her a noogie. 
yeah. It's kind of like if you'd done all the work to do a good, like, getting fucked within the woods movie where they just shake the tent, that can be really effective. But here she was just under the covers. So it doesn't. Yeah, it yeah doesn't. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll kind of buy that. Yeah. yeah. Which is going to take us into overall. And look, I'm going to give it a seven for overall. This is a movie that I don't know how it flew this under my radar for being how good it was. This is why I kind of love doing this shit. Sometimes you hear about, like, finding a horror movie like this that we hadn't really heard about or talked about. Certainly, we'd never talked about it. That's fun. This is a good movie. You should definitely watch this movie. It's way too under the radar for how good it is and how much shit is talked about. So, I think that that's... It's certainly not a perfect movie, but it's very good, and it will stick with you, I think. Jake? You gave it a seven. I did. You're acting like you gave it a nine, dude. I think a seven's high for this movie, man. Okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't even think it's high. For I think it's right for this movie, but for a movie I've never heard of? Well, it's funny. I gave it a seven as well, but I feel almost the opposite of you coming out the other end. Huh. Um. I don't know why, but I felt like I, I expected more somehow from this, and I think that that's probably because when I hear about movies like this that are flying under the radar, typically they leave me feeling a little bit different. I don't know. I don't know. I thought this was a good movie. I did not. I mean, sometimes they're Black Mountain side. Sometimes <laughs> they're Black Mountain side. Uh, yeah. The, I I like this movie. I would recommend it to someone. Spoiler for what we're going to do in about four seconds. Yeah. But it's not something that I think is must-see TV. So, okay. seven. Mark? I gave it a six. I'm in lockstep, I think, with what Jake just said. It's it's basically like this is the textbook definition of good, not great. It, it's interesting. A lot of these ones that fly under the radar that we circle back on, a lot of times what they are is they're a core concept that is wrapped in a package that is like they just didn't quite have all the connective tissue to to execute. And I guess now that I'm saying it out loud, that is sort of what this one is. But to me, it's like this one is playing so much off of the tropes of the psychological genre. I said earlier, this is basically just Amityville, Sinister, and um, <clears throat> Babadook. Like, this feels like we've seen it before, as opposed to the other ones that I would say are totally out of left field. Yeah. And that's why that's why I feel like this one's kind of hard to talk about. Because it is like, it's well polished, it's well put together, the acting's decent, the cinematography is good. But it just doesn't have like the narrative punch that I think you need in order to like really, you know, get that chiseled into your brain. Mark, yeah, I, I really like what you said there, and I like it's enough. gonna I think dovetail well into our next segment of thumbs up or thumbs down here because I do like for me this movie. I'm gonna dive into this director's oeuvre and check out what he's got going on in the His future egg? as well. Nope, that's oof. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oeuvre's body of work. They sound usually. the same. Yeah, well, they don't. the director's Ivan Kavanaugh. If you're curious, let's yeah, we said that already. Um, okay. Reiterating, but I like for me. Wow, and, salty. And I'm curious to know, Mark, if if you feel the same way, especially given what you just said, because the the way this director used, like, first off, got good performances out of everyone and used the kid. I thought very well. I know you think a little bit less well, but still used the kid adequately. And he's then, like a five year old. I mean, I'm not I'm not faulting the director. Right? No, no, one. absolutely. But then also, I think like got the effects in terms of what he got. Like, I, I don't know that he could have done a better job with this material, frankly. And I'm really fascinated to see what he comes out with next. Cause this is a, I think masterful job of him working with what he had here and doing a great job. So 
I for I, yeah, I would I would say he the direction of this movie was was solid. I think he did a good job. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see what this guy does in the future. It's a hard thumbs up for me. He does not have a large amount of credits to his name. I'm just looking at his page right now. He has a movie coming out this year called Never Grow Old that looks to be sort of like a it might be a western. Shit, There's I'm some on dudes board with revolvers for that. And, a, and a priest in front of a church. <laughs> I'm on board for a western. Uh, well, apparently that comes out in two days, so you can you can take an a look Irish at Undertaker prophets when outlaws take over a peaceful American frontier town, but his family comes under threat as the death toll rises. Hell yes, this is going to be rocking my horror world for the next year. It's not horror. It's not horror it's movie. Not, it's not a horror. I movie. know it's not a horror movie. It doesn't matter. It's going to be best in a movie called Tin Can Man in 2007. So, Mark, thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, I gave it a thumbs up. I mean, yeah, it is we all did. fun. It's a it's a good, not great movie. Yeah. It's better than average. Give it a watch. You'll see some things. You will see, you will see some, some things. things. Jake, get us the fuck out of here. Yes, sir. This has been episode number 126 of the A to Z Horrorcast. Check out everything we have going on. Head on over to A to Z Horror.com or come hang out with us on either of our social media channels. That's Facebook. That is Twitter. Those links are right down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, pick up the phone that I'm sure you're listening to this thing on. Give this podcast a like, rating, review, or send it on over to somebody you know who might like horror. Believe it or not, that helps a whole heck of a lot. And hey, while you're at it, it's March. Maybe it's April. Nightmare Junkhead's still going to be doing their Into the Mouth of March Madness thing. It takes a while because it's really fucking cool, and there's a lot of horror movies to review. So go out and check out their podcast, too. That link's right down there in the description as well. That music you're starting to hear now and that you've been hearing throughout the episode is coming at you from Super Bear as always. There are links down there. Check out their other music. It's pretty rad. And next week, we're going to be coming at you with a, I think, probably one of the most topical horror movies we review because that's not our forte, but we're going to give it a shot this time. We're checking out Us. It'll be pretty much brand new at that point in time, so give it a whirl. There will be spoilers. Just know that going in. That's coming at you next week. And until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. I just tried to wink and I blinked.